0: Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Voulez-vous with Zach and Steve. On
1: today's episode, episode number two, we are discussing ABBA's very first album, Ring, Ring. So, Zach, I'm really happy that we're here with episode number two
0: me too people are listening hello out there hello out there you're small but you're mighty you're small but you're mighty you i don't n- mean you're small like as a per- as a person or
1: this is a really big shout out to all of our little people <laughs> fans out there who love abba and love us that is like a quadruple venn diagram <laughs> um oh god but we're here again with rosé in a can and mimosa in a can. Soleil Mimosa, Brought our sponsor to for today. <laughs> They've done an endowment for our podcast. <laughs> it was in Soleil Mimosa's will.
0: You've heard of the MacArthur Genius Grant? <laughs> we got the Soleil mimosa. Soleil mimosa podcast grant.
1: Luke, the Soleil Mimosa lukewarm grant.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: They had that sound like in asterisk in the will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You
0: can. What's what is it? Podcasting? All right. Whatever.
1: Uh, sure. Welcome uh, to the show, everybody. Welcome back. If you're here again, or if you're here for the first time, we realized when we sat down to talk about what what today was going to sound like and look like. You don't have eyes, so you don't know what it looks like. But uh, we realized we gave no context as to why we even
0: started this podcast. We should talk about that. It started with a Facebook post, Steve, if I recall correctly. It's true. Steve posted uh, this NPR article... I have his name here, uh, Barry Walters. And the article, if you want to look it up, and we'll put up a link, it's called Abba's Essential Influential Melancholy.
1: What really resonated with me is, uh, and this is something I'll bring up in in another article I read um, that I think really highlights that idea that we talked about last time where, like, can you look beyond the spandex? There's Mm -hmm. this veneer of sheer ridiculousness, but also there's this really deep current of intelligence and real musical brilliance. Yeah, um, And I think the, the article did a really good job of highlighting how particularly wise the songwriters were and how unusual what they did was. Yes. Um, so I posted it on, on Facebook, and then Zach saw it.
0: Yes, and I'm actually pulling up a quote from that right now. I think I screen this because... I loved it so much. This is, uh, this is from an artist called Tovlo. Am I saying that right? Do you know? Tuvalu. Tuvalu. Um, there's a quote true, from huh? them, her. Her. Um, uh, the, the, uh, the quote is about Sweden's indigenous pop, as they put it in this article. And she says, clear but simple lyrics. It's a lot about the melody and also having a little bit of melancholy or a darker sense to it to not make it too sugary or too bubblegum. Yeah, for me, that's what I like about pop music when it's good. Right, all of those qualities are exactly what I want to hear. I mean, and Abba really does embody that. Um, and Ace of Bass has that thing. Like there, there is something about Swedish pop acts in particular. Maybe because it's very cold all the time, or something.
1: I mean, this is a as someone who really likes a lot of Swedish music, I was stupid, stupid into the cardigans for a long time, <laughs> and stupid in a good way. Yeah, in that, like I had all of their imports i had all their albums on disc i love the cardigans and i remember them saying something similar too they do this like really gorgeous sad version of iron man
2: oh, by black yeah, sabbath
1: yeah and they talked about this idea of uh meeting out the sweetness and the light with this like very dark current because um,
0: iron man is just too bubblegum to begin with Sabbath or so, yeah. they really needed to bring it down, down a bit. Is he
3: live or dead? As it goes within his head, we'll just pass him there. Why should we even care? Oh,
1: it's not their best song. But it's a really interesting cover to listen to because uh, I really like it when people do resigned vocals in songs. Yeah, yeah. And Nina Persson does, like, incredible... It sounds like she barely got out of bed yeah. to do the vocals for that, which I like.
0: I mean, the only Cardigans record I know is that first band on the moon. But even if, if you've only ever heard Love Fool, that's a pretty good parallel for what we're talking about here. Yeah, exactly. That, what a wonderful, like... It's, it's, it's definitely a sad sentiment, but it's a beautiful, fun kind of song. Yeah. And the melody is kind were it not for all the arrangement and the disco kind of thing. Yeah. It is kind of a sad song in its nature. We're really selling the Cardigans, but we are not selling Alba. I'll tell you what, a Cardigans episode is not a bad idea down the road.
1: Don't tease me. But it's not this one. <laughs> Don't tease. It's not this one because we're here to talk about Ring Ring.
0: Well, and, and quickly just to wrap up the, the little intro here, I, I read that article that you posted and it kind of rekindled uh, Abba for me is a little like Led Zeppelin um, in terms of my relationship to them. And I understand I'm going to explain that Mm because Steve just made a face like I think he actually threw up in his mouth a little. I pulled my
1: face back as if imagine an ogre 20 feet tall (laughs) and he shoves his dirty ogre fingers in my mouth and then rips my skull in half top Uh from just rips my jaw off of Uh my skull. That's what I did, but with the power of
0: my own job And then muscles. he shoves a DVD copy of Song Remains the Same down your throat. <laughs> Zeppelin is a band, like ABBA, who I won't listen to for a pretty extended period of time. And then I'll just binge on it for six months. All mm-hmm. I want to listen to is this thing. And when you put that article up, I read it, and I felt very much like that. I put on ABBA. I got so excited. I think I was on tour, actually, so I made the girls endure some ABBA music because actual women it's not a euphemism for anything no not the (laughs) the girls no actual grown women uh I put (laughs) I put ABBA on in the car and I I mean it just made me so happy and then I saw you shortly afterward and we got to talking about it and you said uh you know we should get together maybe like once a week we could hang out and listen to the ABBA albums and I have this really
1: dramatic image of me lying on the floor of your apartment yeah. with headphones on, which is weird because I'm in a room full of people and I've got headphones on. Like, I have to listen Maybe to this. Maybe we diff- could
0: all have headphones. We could all have headphones. V- yeah, I mean, that's kind of- <laughs> Kate wants to point out that that's exactly, that's what, exactly we're <laughs> what we're doing. That's
1: uh, exactly what we're doing. So, yeah, I, had, I was like, oh, we should have a listening party. And I right. went to the bathroom and I thought to myself, this would make for a really good podcast. Right. Zach would never meet with me
0: that often. And then the what happened? About. You came back. I came back, and Zach said, it, and I said, you know, it sounds like a podcast to me. And you went, that's why I was going to say. but I didn't want to make you. It was, was just like a bad that impression but of gayer. Steve, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Imagine flecks of of I almost said garlic of glitter shooting out of my mouth. Nothing's and gayer <laughs> Nothing oh
0: my gayer than god. garlic. Oh my god! What? <laughs>
1: what is on that hat, garlic? <laughs> Man, I think today talking about Ring Ring is going to be weird. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. Do we want to go... I kind of want want to treat the album like the... I mean, the album was the experience of the 70s, right? Sure. So I kind of want to go song by song what it's like... I'm ready. ...to
0: come out of that womb. Now, I want to give a couple... Okay, so Ring Ring is, technically speaking, not the first ABBA album. I learned this via Wikipedia. Not the first ABBA album. It was released under the name Bjorn Benny right. and Agnetha Frida. Agnetha. Agnetha. Shit. Well, we just lost our Swedish fans. Oh,
1: so long. All one of them.
0: Take care. <laughs> Natalie Merchant's still here, I hope. Um, it was released in 1973, March 26, 1973. It was not released in the United States until 1995 as an album. God. And by then it had the name ABBA on it. Right. But
1: okay. it was their first as a foursome.
0: It was. And they were planning on it as a one-off, apparently. Yeah. And it was only because of the success of the single that they decided to keep cutting records together.
1: Right. And it's also important to note that Ring Ring, from the album Ring Ring, was not the first single. It was the third single.
0: Off of the album? Yes. What are the first two?
1: Oh, I forget. Do you know? Uh One of the songs is Fine and... One of the other ones is not great. Yeah. You have it right there.
0: I have a list of all the tracks. but
1: um, It's important to note that it was not... uh, All four of these... All four of the members of ABBA had been involved in various projects for a number of years. Um, And this comes up in the article that uh, we're going to post on Tumblr and that connected Zach and I to our love of ABBA. Is that uh, they were a little bit of a super group before the idea of a super group came together. right. All of them had achieved success as solo artists or as part of other groups. And they collaborated together. They made all these songs. They made this album. They did not call themselves ABBA. So they released two other singles. And the third single was Ring Ring.
0: Ring Ring, which then became a huge hit in... South Africa was one of them. (laughs) South Africa, Scandinavia, Germany, Australia, Mexico. There was another one too. There was another weird country. Yeah, it did not... Uh, because all countries that aren't the United States are weird. Is that yeah. what you're trying to say, Steve? Yeah. Great. I'm I, I glad- talked about
1: Turkmenistan last <laughs> I'm glad- week. I'm glad we agreed on that. Last week. Last quote week. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Whenever that was. So let's talk about the song Ring Ring.
0: Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to start, if you don't mind. Begin. Ring Ring, I had never heard it before I listened to this album. It is already... Wait, you had never heard the song Ring Ring? I had never heard Ring Ring. <laughs> it is already, for me, like... Top 10 ABBA song easily. I'm obsessed with it. I can't believe it. Is it not on ABBA Gold? Is it only on more ABBA Abba Gold? Gold. Maybe it's on more ABBA Gold. I mean, I love more. interesting to me.
1: I love more ABBA Gold. It might be because I'm a contrarian. Right. Tell me why you love Ring Ring so much. Why Um, is it in your top 10?
0: It reminded me immediately of like kind of a. I love power pop stuff and and things that you would associate with that kind of subgenre of music. It felt like a Bay City Rollers song to me, or like I yeah. um, I don't know, there's just something incredibly power poppy about it. I feel like it could be a Dave Edmonds song, or like I said, Bay City Rollers, or Nick Lowe, or any one of them could have cut it, and it would have made total sense. And it's not, I would not expect it from them. Yeah, well, I
1: think a lot of it sounds like the Bay City Rollers because of that pre-chorus. Yes. Where all of the, it's incredible. It's so
0: good. It's so
1: good. It's so weird hearing that song in the context of the other ones because it's Uh like either you were really drunk when you made the song Ring Ring and totally sober when you made the (laughs) other ones or you were out of your mind wasted when you made everything else and you were only sober when you made this. It does not sound at all. No. Or I should say this. There are elements throughout the album which we'll talk about that sound like Ring Ring the song. Uh Uh-huh but there's no other song on the album that sounds like
0: no it. and and frankly uh that to me came as a as an increasing disappointment as the tracks <laughs> went on because i loved ring ring so much You're First like, track oh, on more the album, of album i'm amped and and also it's so this comes out in 73 to me it sounds like 77 79 right. like uk and american kind of power pop stuff the rest of the record feels like it's kind of stuck in the late 60s And it feels generally a little hippy-dippy, not in a great way. Although there are some really lovely moments, but it's a hell of a first track. It's really, really
1: good. It does one of my favorite things in a song, which it's... I'm going to say what that thing is, which is Uh where there is a gigantic major chord just being played to the goddamn dickens Uh by the piano and guitars. Oh, yeah. But then there's that bass line that climbs that's Uh like... And the reason I think that's funny is because you have on your piano over here Uh the song Cape by Ben Folds 5, Uh which has a similar thing where it's like that piano is just banging out the same chord, but that bass line on the piano is (laughs) It's the same exact thing. And I love when there are just huge, gigantic chords being played and one instrument is just
0: wailing the F out. Yeah, and it's it's very old school rock and roll. Like it it has kind of a New Orleansy like southern United States influence kind of thing which is kind of uncommon in ABBA's whole catalog. Yeah. It's it it it, it feels really unique among their stuff to me. Um and like I said I was kind of expecting after track 1 I'm like great, they were a power pop band for like a year. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, and then we arrive at track 2. <laughs>
1: right. But briefly, what I think is interesting is Ring Ring sounds a lot like, uh, excuse me, when they do this like big rock and roll stuff through a pop lens, Mm -hmm. just like Does Your Mother Know, which is one of your favorite songs. Totally. That one does more interesting things with arrangement. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point, though.
0: uh, I definitely have a a, a thing that, wow, wow, that took me a long time to figure out how to say
1: it was that mind-blowing uh-huh but yeah i think of ring ring and does your mother know and um i do i do i do i do yeah as being very similar where they have this like very like 50s and 60s rock sensibility Mm -hmm. uh but they put it through this like ridiculously trickly sugary melodic lens which i love
0: and of course by the time you get to does your mother know it's later on, and there's some more of their kind of studio magic starting yeah. to happen, like that bass line that we talked about, there's, and, and the kind of octave E guitar stuff feels a little more of its time, right? and this is really kind of ahead of the thing to me, uh, of, the, of the thing. I'm saying thing so much. It's a little ahead of the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you listen to the Swedish version?
0: I did listen to the Swedish version. It's a trip. There's a German version, too.
1: Oh yeah, there's many different versions. Mm-hmm. Not I mean maybe as many versions as Waterloo. But I lo- Yeah, there's I, a lot. I I could own I mean it was clear in the Swedish version that I listened to on Spotify <laughs> that uh they did not protect the masters or, of no. the Swedish version. No. I mean it sounds like you're listening to uh you're listening to that version Underwater Through 6 Floors of a weird building, like uh-huh. it just does not sound very good. But no. they protected the English masters pretty well. It's fantastic. Yeah, it sounds
0: really good. It it reminded me of the. Have you ever heard the Beatles German language singles? Uh, Kate's no? giving a knowing nod over there in the corner. Ich bin eine yeah. Walrus.
1: There's you mean. <laughs> I love ich bin eine Walrus.
0: <laughs> ich bin eine Egman. <laughs> No, they, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they um, Oh that's good No they did uh, uh, She Loves You uh, Which is called She Lieb Dick And uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand Which is called Come Give Me a Dine Han She Lieb a Dick and, uh, God that, I've it's, been there Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah <laughs> Come Give Me a Dine Han Come
3: Give Me a Dine Han so, uh, like
0: for
1: our audio listeners, you cannot see how gigantic my eyes got when he started singing. <laughs> yeah. that.
0: Yeah, if you're subscribed to Vulevu Premium, you're watching the, the video along Vulevu with Voulez Vulevu Plus. Vulevu uh, Plus. Anyone it's only who... $60 a month, you guys. Come on. <laughs> we put out episodes every other week. <laughs> this is the I mean, bargain of the century. It
1: It is... I'm going to make a really strong argument about the brilliance of one other song on this album. Okay. okay. And I can't wait for I can't wait Can either? you guess it's which gonna, one it is? It's disillusion. right? Interesting. It's not? It's uh, not? Let's move from Ring Ring to I the actually, next one. Another town, another,
0: another town, train, another. Train. And that
1: that title already cues you in that some bad shit is going on. One hundred
0: percent. Now, my first thought, um, just as an overarching <laughs> thing, is that th- this is sung by one of the guys. I don't know who. It's Bjorn or Benny.
1: Who knows? Um, yeah, and they, that's a, they and, sing a
0: lot more on this record.
1: Yeah, you'll notice. As we move through the chronology, that starting with their first album and decreasing as yeah. their... I mean, they figured out who the sex symbols were right. uh, and what sold music. But Benny and Bjorn sing a lot more in the beginning and, and sing almost nothing. You can hear a lot more of them in later songs, like The Visitor's. Yes. Uh, you can definitely hear them on the chorus, but that's definitely more of a backup or supporting vocal role. But they're really big on this one.
0: They are, and and I think I think there's, I'm sure there's some element of the commercial aspect of having the women sing, but also I think that there's something really kind of unique and special about the women's voices. Yeah. And Björn and Benny are just kind of they're guys. They're kind of unremarkable. They say that singers, not to be unkind, right? They say the same.
1: Oh, yeah, in that uh, in the gigantic book that I've checked out from the <laughs> Queen's Library uh-huh. and have accumulated a number of late finds for, uh, they say... Oh, they're, they're never like, getting that back. Uh, no. <laughs> that, like, plasticky wrapping around it, that's forever in my home. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. It's like the size of a throw yeah. pillow. Yeah, it's big. Which is... <laughs> what's gayer than the sentence? My library book is... As big as a throw pillow. Also, I love that that that,
0: that's like, what's huger than a throw pillow? It's bigger? What's more huge?
1: One, I looked at a human. Two, I looked at God's face. Three, I looked at a throw pillow. (laughs) Anyways, they say in the book, they're like, we know we're not singers.
0: Right. I, I thought listening to the live at Wembley thing, which we'll get to down the road. You really jumped it. I'm having a good time. I got. I'm. I'm, I like Alba. That's what happens when you drink Soleil Mimosa. Sponsors of Vulevu Premium
1: and Vulevu Gold. Vulevu Gold, our top tier. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they start singing on Another Town, Another Train.
0: Right. Oh, right. We're talking about. We're talking about this album. Talking about the second. We're
1: avoiding talking about these. This music as much as possible. I mean, here's my problem with this song.
0: I was reading the lyrics today. Oh God. I th- I wrote this down in my notes. What did you write? I wrote in quotes, You and I had a groovy time. <laughs> I wrote the <laughs> same quote. I wrote the same quote. I wrote
1: <laughs> You and I had a groovy time. And two, for a no good bum like me, a lot of the lyrics uh, Okay, so this song is about, as far groan. as I can tell Someone who's like, hey, I think you like me a lot, but I'm I'm hitching a train out of here. And right. then it's like, I'm living my life in railroad stations. So I get the sense it's like a dirty hobo who's just uh-huh. having sex with every lame female in Sweden. Like, <laughs> is this about like transient hobo one night stance? Like, I could not I tell think what so. the song is th- about. My,
0: my impression of it is that it's it's them trying to write kind of an old... Americana sort of tale about this this guy hitching his way across the country and but it's who like is Ramblin always Man. in railway stations well, besides Well, I think that's just a clumsy guess. I will live my life in railway in railway stations. And I then, can't deal with that lyric at all. And then they trick you. Here's the thing that's
1: uh-huh. tricky is you're like, oh, this is gonna be a sweet little song because it has that yeah, the ooh, little ooh, flute ooh, thing. And you're like, oh, what a lovely little flute melody. It sounds like a sparrow landing on my nose. Uh-huh. No. nope. It is about a hobo. It's the
0: stench of unwashed homeless man <laughs> landing on your nose.
1: Just so you know, we are in full support of homeless people also having vibrant sexual encounters. Of
0: course. Of course. <laughs> I would never deny anyone that. But... but this song not, is not good. But not you, Bjorn. This song is... No, it's not the good. This song is not good. I, I wrote down also um, Partridge Family slash Early Monkeys Vibe. Sure. There's it, a
1: couple. There's a number of songs that have that totally, vibe on and that's album. what
0: I mean. It's this kind of like it's this weird, um, trying to capture the magic of the late '60s, right? Which is their use of the word "groovy" because Ugh. they're not, because they're not
1: American. Oftentimes, they, like you mentioned this. They have this very like ESL vibe sometimes of uh. their lyrics, but that seemed to me like a a really weird, dated example of their Uh vocabulary when I don't think oftentimes they're talking in the language of the time, but that song surely dated itself as they were like studying the lyrics of what other late sixties, early seventies bands were writing. Totally.
0: And, and again, I think that is, it, it just serves to me to um, kind of reinforce the idea that they're, they're imagining this kind of old archetypal, like, I've got a I've got a stick with a little bandana attached to the end and right. my only worldly possessions are in it and I'm just hitching from railway just station a, to railway station. Just a bandana filled with dirty condoms. Right, absolutely. That's my nickname in high school. <laughs> a bandana filled with dirty... That's a mouthful.
1: Bandana filled with dirty condoms. Yeah, that's why they call me BFWDC. <laughs> also a mouthful, but the teachers felt more comfortable calling me that. Right. Uh... <laughs> But what's interesting is you point out archetypes, right? And like one of the things I love about ABBA is that they can do archetypes and genre really well. Totally. And in their later music, they're really good at fluidly moving between genres right. without hesitation or pause. This is
0: super clumsy. This
1: album is full of clumsy genre work. Yeah. Hashtag genre work. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at VuleVuCast. Tag us with hashtag genre work. If you want to tag our previous episode, you can tag us at hashtag OctaveWork.
0: OctaveWork. Also, I just thought of this, and I'm going to say it out loud because why not. Nothing would make me happier than if you tweeted us a photo of you drinking a Soleil mimosa in a can. (laughs)
1: We are driving so hard for this company to
0: promote us. Please, for God's sake, how many sponsorships do you have going, Soleil? (laughs) Tweeted us. Let's get in touch. Let's make this happen. We'll we'll say we'll say, Sole Mimosa presents <laughs> Voulez-Vous. Is <laughs>
1: that say in words or like in our in your ears? I'll put
0: it. We'll put it on the masthead. Right in front of Zach Kulebu is making really bold claims. Well,
1: after one quarter of a can of Soleil Mimosa. Listen, let's don't... move on to track three. I'm interested. Here are my notes Disillusion. on Disillusion. Disillusion. Yeah. This song is interesting because the music was written by Anyeta. Yes, the only time. The only time. And obviously. This history. is what I have in my notes. Uh huh. Music by Anyeta, period. Uh huh. Yuck, period.
0: Wow, interesting. Uh, my notes were music. I wrote, Anyeta wrote the music pretty exclamation point pretty it's
1: so dour it's like an ugly ant just like glaring at you from across the room Ch- That's what this song is. I
0: just like the changes. I like the way the chorus happens and the way it cycles back into the verse. I think it's a nice. This song know, it reminds
1: me of like every bad cliche of seventies music. Wow. There's like a melody that kind of goes nowhere. You can't sing along with it even uh-huh. if you tried. Like all the drum fills are super seventies. Like this It's everything bad about the seventies shows up in the song.
0: Wow. This is our first divergence, I think. By the way, I'm not going to go to bat for this song. Yeah, don't go to bat for this song. I mean, I I liked it and I thought it was was nice. I also think it was early enough in the album that I was still hoping to like the album. Sure. And so I'm maybe giving some concessions. You're like Ring Ring, awesome. Hobo sex. Mm. Mm. Disillusion. Pretty. Track four. Steve would like this
1: because he likes pretty things. He's a cat.
0: Well, (laughs) so what if I like pretty things? I was thinking thinking you would like that Anyeta wrote the music. Yeah, that's cool. And I liked the... Too bad I really fucking hate the music. Right, right. Then, okay, so right around track three, I'm still feeling like, oh, there's hope. Maybe I'm going to enjoy this record. Welcome to track four, People Need Love. People Need Love. Again, I write, Partridge Vibe, again, Pretty Terrible, Key Change, Exclamation Point, then Yodeling? Okay, so this is, this is the thing. This song sucks. Sucks.
1: This reminds me of, I feel really bad because I noticed behind me there's a picture of Jim Henson with a bunch, an illustration of Jim Henson with Muppets, and it says Uh the word imagine. Yeah. In my top three least favorite songs of all time is the song Imagine by John Lennon. Interesting. I think it is such a stupid song.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: imagine a world where people loved each other. Everyone's minds are blown. I'm like, yeah, we do it all the fucking time. Uh Like, you're not that special, John Lennon. Wow. I was like... Oh, wow. Mm, the chords. I hate that song. Wow. It is up there with Lady in Red by oh, Christopher. Now, Berg. these
0: are both songs that I actually quite enjoy.
1: This is I, where having Zach said and that, I filed divorce papers. And
0: I'm a big, 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 big Beatles fan and a big fan of their solo work as well. Imagine is not even like a top 20 John Lennon song for me. No. As my, I, I like it. I like it. I just don't. And, and I see where, uh, where it, it's good. And interesting. But, you know, my dad always kind of makes the point that that's the first track on the same album where later on he writes a song where he basically rips McCartney to shreds.
1: It's called McCartney, parenthetical, in shreds. (laughs) In shreds. And parenthetical. It's called How Do
0: You Sleep, if you want to check that out. And George Harrison played guitar on it, which is like the double whammy. Where was Ringo? Ringo was off in the corner like, listen, guys, I'm partying with Harry Nilsson in Los Angeles. I am so, so coked out to the gills i cannot be bothered to get in the middle of this with you guys i wish i could say something but i am
1: trying to grow the shit out of the beard on my neck (laughs) yeah but this people need love reminds me of that like and i realize as someone who's born in 1982 that i don't i don't have a context for the politics or the emotions of the 60s and 70s but a lot of that stuff just seems so drippy to me.
0: Like Right, but but there love. are there are really nice there are really well done nice uh, uh, executions. God. I got to stop drinking so many of these mimosas in a can when the, I start Let this show. let me quote
1: one of the lines from it. People need love to make a good living. Oh, let it's me tell horrible. you millennials, you do not need love to get a freaking paycheck.
0: No, you certainly don't. Sit Isn't at your desk.
1: Thing that's like... Finish your Excel spreadsheet. Send it to your boss. Get your paycheck. Yeah. Go spend it on stupid stuff like yeah. Amazon Prime, like French presses. Whatever you
0: kids are into. <laughs> I got an AeroPress. What are kids myself. into these days?
1: I also love the AeroPress, oh which will be a separate episode. Uh, but AeroPress
0: presents. The lyrics say people need
1: hope, people need love, and people need trust. People need love. People need faith and a helping hand. Awful. And then the first lyric of the verse is Man always wanted
0: a woman by his side to yeah. keep him company. Yeah, now this is the first example Oof. on this record. Here's one of the things that I found so disappointing about Ring Ring. Alba to me, and we discussed this briefly last week, are usually pretty um, empowering, feminist kind of group. Yeah. Where I don't ever listen to their songs and I go, oh, that's kind of problematic. And like you were saying, the guys writing for the women while they're in the middle of getting divorced, they still manage to write these songs that uh, are, are are very strong things for the women to sing. Yeah. And this record is just full of like, I'm just the a worst. girl.
1: Oh, don't even. You- a girl
0: and a boy. I- a man needs a woman by his side. It's horrible.
1: Yeah. People Need Love is not great.
0: Oh, God. And then. I pulled my headphones right <laughs> out of my ears. Turns out it sounds basically the same. We should run the same. The best part
1: about People Need Love, which I think uh, is important to note, is one of the best parts about ABBA is their vocal arrangements. Like, they're so good at using vocals in unusual and powerful ways. Yes. And this song kind of spins out in this roundish type way where there's like uh, counter choruses and then they're yodeling by Uh. the end of the song. (laughs) And I think even though it sounds so ridiculous. However, I think it shows the promise of their vocal arrangements. Mm-hmm. You can be like, oh, these people know what to do with voices. Yes, yes. And there are points throughout the record which that really shines, and there are points where that does not shine very right.
0: well. And there, there are definitely, um, <clears throat> to that point, there are a lot of moments on this record where I feel like you can hear the brilliance to come. But only in yes. hindsight do yes. you contextualize it that way. If I heard this record at the time, I would go, oh, oh. Yeah, you wouldn't pay attention to them. No. And I feel, I was trying to
1: think of like, who's a band now that if I heard their first record, I'd be like, you've got to be freaking yeah. kidding me. Yeah. And then later it was like, oh, maybe they're great. The only example I could think of was the Killers, but I don't even like the Killers. See, and I actually kind of like the first record more yeah, than everyone liked the first stuff. one. I don't even know why that was the first example I thought of. All right. So track five. We can spend it essentially 10 seconds. I Saw It in the Mirror is Uh the worst. That is the worst offense in the entire album. Do you
0: think it's the worst song on the record?
1: Yeah, it's the worst tempo. Okay, my my It's the worst chords.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know if it's the worst for me, though. I wrote, bluch. Is this an attempt at an R&B ballad? (laughs) No. It reminds me of, like...
1: That's an example. So, People Need Love, where they do the yodeling at the end. You're like, okay. Uh Uh-huh you know how to get people to sing right. and how to do it in an interesting way.
0: I Saw It in the Mirror is incompetent. Yeah, because they do that thing that I hate. where the So
1: the boys, uh, the men, sorry, they were men. Uh, they still are. Just to clarify, according to Wikipedia, they had been through puberty at this point. Um, the men sing the vocals, and they do this point. They're like when this boy cries with this like stupid ride symbol and then the women are like this
3: boy
1: like i hate yeah when there's an echo of the same vocal like a half bar or a full bar after interesting nightmare yeah i don't want to talk about this let's talk about nina pretty ballerina
0: okay nina pretty ballerina this is a peach is what the is the one you like on?
1: no okay thank you. i like this song yeah, But it's not the one that I'm going to argue really hard for. Okay,
0: here's what I wrote. Train, exclamation <laughs> point. Cool guitar shit. Crowd noise, <laughs> question mark. I wrote the same thing. Right. Now, this is a pet peeve of mine. If you need to add in uh, Foley effects to get across what you're trying to say, I get it. There's a crowd. They're excited to see her dancing ballet on stage. Yeah. I don't
1: need the the what, applause. Yeah, what's weird is I wrote down, it's like, it's as if someone was making a track for the first time in GarageBand, and it was just sound effect <laughs> yeah. looping. Like, oh, this is already in the bin? Yeah. Like, I'll just drag the sound of, like, trash cans getting rattled. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same thing. It's like, why the trains? Why the crowds? I don't understand why it's in there. Right. However, now, uh-huh. talk about the song.
0: Okay. Here's, here's what I think I gleaned of the, of the story of Nina, the pretty ballerina. Okay? Nina has a day job. She, goes she works every in day. an office. She works in an office. Every day, she's slogging for the man, 9 to 5. She's getting up early. She's going to work. She's putting in her hours. Hence she's the train. going home. Right? Hence the train. She's on the train. But then on Friday nights, what does Nina do? She's a pretty ballerina up there on the stage. And the crowd goes wild. And they love to see her. Which is And then weak. at the end yeah. of the first chorus, this is the lyric that clinches the whole thing for me. Nina is not... Working a day job because she has to to support herself. There's a lyric that kind of implies that it wouldn't be fun to be a ballerina if that's what she did all the time. Wait, what? I don't know this. Look up the lyrics. I'm I looking I, it I, up now. I distinctly got the impression that it was like, well, she knows that if all she did was dance, that it wouldn't be fun. So back she goes. Okay, it says... If you knew... Her- if you knew her, uh-huh.
1: I'm sure you'd agree, because uh-huh. I know she's got a little secret. F- Friday evening, she turns out to be... I don't think that says anything. Well, no, keep going. Nina, pretty ballerina. Uh-huh. Now she is the queen of the dancing floor. Right. This is the moment she's waiting for, the just dance- like Cinderella. The dancing
0: floor. Just, just want to point that out. Who would ever think she
1: could be this way? This is the part she likes to play, but she knows the fun would go away. Oh,
3: now finish the thought. chorus. She knows yeah, the fun okay. would go away, but she
1: knows the fun would go away if she would play it every day. This is a very anti-Marxist, in <laughs> dance number. Somewhere right now, uh-huh. Dick Cheney has like the yeah, world's the biggest card on. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, keep dancing, day. Nina. Nina, did do you wanna do you want a flak vest to wear while you dance? <laughs> This crazy little company. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: I love that they call it the dancing floor. Oh yeah, and, and this yeah, reminds that... me a lot
1: of Dancing Queen.
0: Uh huh. But oh god, but it's, it's not like even weird little sister ball with, with pimples. Dancing Queen.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, here's what I liked about it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It starts to get at some of their coolness with arrangements, and the melody is yes. indelible. Yes. That's an indelible melody. Sure. But she works in an office all day, and then she goes to, as you noted, the dancing floor she's a ballerina? (laughs) (laughs) Like this might actually be about a mentally ill woman Uh performing ballet moves on a dance floor. Like everyone's like. Out at the club. Rocking out in 1973 to whatever, to Donovan. I don't know. To Ring Ring. To Ring Ring. And then she's like jetting to no one's fucking end. Yeah. Maybe it's about mental illness. Just like another town, another train was about a hobo. Maybe this whole album's theme is mental illness And actually, it's
0: kind of deep and brilliant. I doubt it. I am am, sorry to belabor the point, but I cannot deal with this story. (laughs) That she works all day every week. She goes dancing Friday nights, but she knows that the fun would go away if she did it every day. So she's back to the office. That doesn't bother me. That's not why you work an office job. You, are oh, you, yeah, Are no. you trying to tell me that if she could be a full-time ballerina? She needs she needs something to
1: pay the cost of that, like, gauze that ballet dancers are always wrapping. <laughs> yeah. She needs, like, how is she going to afford the cotton she gauze, stuffs at the bottom of crazy. her bloody shoes uh-huh. that she takes to the dancing floor? Uh-huh. I get the sentiment where I'm like, if all I did every day was play... Last of Us multiplayer, I would become a crazy person who weighed 4 million pounds. Sure, That's an actual estimate based on statistical averages (laughs) and models. But, so I get it. I mean, it's just a weird song. I think production-wise, the thing that I was most fascinated by was in the chorus, there's this like ticky-tack piano that comes in. It is way too fast for any human to play. They probably sped it up. Yeah, I was just wondering how they did it. Did they did like, they only play one, record one part, and then overdub over it? Someone playing the like, if it's one e and a two e and a three e and a four e and a, I'm mm-hmm. pulling back on my band days from high school. Did like one hand play one part, and then they recorded over that someone playing the other part? It was just interesting because it's way too fast. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't now, surprise me if someone they just slowed the track down and track to that and then sped it up there's that there's we're talking about the beatles a lot on this one but there's a uh, for no one and in my life both have that kind of fast sped up piano thing yeah makes it sound almost like a harpsichord
1: i just know when i was making pop music i would just record half of the notes Mm -hmm. and then just double them
0: that's how we do it then
1: quantize them and then set them to swing 16 f so it made it sound like i was really junk oh yeah
0: my, my and I was I was water. so good
1: at it that I had no fans <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how you know that you were a genius
1: that's how I okay love isn't easy it sure isn't Steve but it ain't that but it ain't that hard what is it in Right,
0: right now uh, I wrote
1: <laughs> what the fuck do these lyrics mean yeah what does that mean I that's my first note what does that title mean love isn't easy but it sure. What is it? But it sure is hard enough. Is that what they say? But it sure is hard enough. Okay, so you can accept the premise of love isn't easy. Uh-huh. You're like sure, it's not easy. Therefore, it's hard. Uh-huh. And they're like, but it's hard enough. And you're like, wait,
0: wh- what? Yeah, it's like two different sentiments all together. Ugh. Now I did I did note uh, that I dig the marimba in this song. And again, this is kind of like some foreshadowing of yep. Abba's production thing. Yep, I hear hints of "Mamma Mia." I like the vocal arrangement in the chorus. There's like there's things happening that I'm going to enjoy in the next few records. They have that like but the gigantic songs just aren't there yet. Timpani slam, uh-huh. which I love. Oh the, like,
1: right, right. Love isn't easy, but it's hard enough. Love isn't
3: easy, but it's. True.
1: Me and Bobby and Bobby's brother. I would like to note there are maybe it's three songs in a row. Yeah. Uh, Track eight is me and Bobby and Bobby's brother. Track nine is he is your brother. So the word brother again. Uh-huh. And then 10, I'm just a girl. You're like, there's some really interesting gender.
0: Well, and before that, it's she's my kind of girl. And oh. then I'm just a girl. I skipped that because so brother, I hated brother, that it's brother, brother, girl, girl. Which is just, like, space it out, So me and
1: Bobby and Bobby's brother, I have an affinity for but when I listen to it deeply, I don't know why.
0: Yeah, I I didn't care for that.
1: There are some great ABBA pre-chorus work. Yes. Um, And one of my favorite things about ABBA is when, uh, so I think of them as a pop band, but there are moments in their later songs where they just pull out and, like, a pre-chorus or a bridge or something else just becomes a pure 70s glam rock Mm -hmm. moment. Yes, and the pre-chorus to this is a really lovely moment I forget what it is but there's something where they speed uh, the tempo of the verse and I think there's like two Mm pre-choruses the verse and the first pre-chorus follow the same rhythm and then there's a pause in me and Bobby and Bobby's brother they add an interesting rhythm that I found really intriguing Uh
3: yes there was me and
1: I don't enjoy songs about being 9 or 10.
0: No, me neither.
1: I can't think of any song where the protagonist is a child and I'm like, oh god, I'm fucking riveted. What are yeah. you going to sing on the
0: bridge? I know. There, there's this air of whimsy to a lot of the songs on this record and I just don't care for it. This is one of them. It's so whimsical. It has this weird, like, oh, I just don't, I don't want that in my ABBA songs. What's after me and Bobby and Bobby's brother? Uh, He is your brother Yuck I wrote Oh Yuck Oh okay now here's Here's an interesting thing to me Oh boy The only thing I thought Was interesting about this song Is there's a post chorus And the melody is And over the same chord That will appear later The melody is da 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 Right uh-uh. Almost There's like the first half <laughs> of that melody Is there in this song I wonder if they just yanked it and stuck it in SOS later on. But it sounds very similar to me. It comes in the same spot in the song. They performed in
1: SOS, in the song SOS. They sure did. With something from one of their songs. Save Our Song. Save Our Song. The He Is Your Brother is one of the late 60s, early 70s sentiments that I do not love on this album.
0: Right. I mean,
1: just briefly, looking at the album cover, Bonnie Freed's hair has never looked glossier. No. Which is shocking, because when you look at the following albums, her hair is, like, oftentimes dry. Oh, boy. This one, I'm. I the thing I first thought was, was she conditioning with beer? Because <laughs> it was such a thing in the 70s, like, wash your hair with beer. And huh. I thought, like, her hair never looked better. Why did
0: she move from that? I don't know. I yeah. like this album cover. Yeah, it's great. It's
1: good. Um, they look really happy, and there's a lot of corduroy. The uh-huh. hair uh-huh. doesn't look overwashed and overly nope. dry. Nope. He is your brother is an example of that part of the 70s that is not great.
0: A really lovey-dovey, whimsical turd. What song is after that? She's she's my kind of girl. Ugh, I don't even remember it. Right, I listened so to it like five times. Let's move right from... along to okay. I Am Just a Girl. Now, for me, this is like... I The whole song, I am waiting for it to be like, I am just a girl, I, blah, 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 blah. I'm waiting for them to contradict themselves and give us this kind of clever, I'm just a girl, but I am actually very important and powerful in the world. And they just stay with that sentiment of I am just a girl. And the even creepier thing is that the guys are singing an octave below them the it's whole true. time. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>
3: Just a girl, not the kind of woman
0: It's just, it's it's really creepy and weird, and this, like, really, even in 1973, this incredibly outdated sentiment executed very poorly. I don't know. I mean, you gave Here, me a look. This were is were people song. actually this bothering to song. write songs that were like, I'm just a woman in 1973? Even if people thought that, they weren't writing... Here's the thing. This is it. the
1: song for me that I was surprised by how much I love it. No,
0: like, Steve. This
1: Ring Ring is classic ABBA. Uh-huh. This song for me is really brilliant from a songwriting standpoint and from how a production so? standpoint. Um the song does not sound like a 60s song, like a 70s song. It sounds like something timeless. Okay. And the only reference point I could think of was Lawrence Welk.
0: Okay. Yeah, I wrote *Burt yeah, Backrack* too. Kind yeah, of it reminded me
1: very much of *Lawrence*, the *Lawrence Welk* show, uh-huh. which my grandparents and my stepdad would watch all the time. Mm-hmm. So like Sundays were, I think it was like 6 p.m. *Lawrence Welk* on PBS, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. *60 Minutes*. Wow. On CBS. Uh huh. Eight o'clock *Murder She Wrote*. Oh, and I remember associating all three of those with a, if you're an adult, you watch Lawrence Welk,
0: and Angela Lansbury, sixty minutes, yeah.
1: and Angela Lansbury. No, that just means you're old. Yeah. In 1991, that meant you were an old person. But I had to watch so much Lawrence Welk, like women in like frothy chiffon-y gowns with gigantic yeah. hair, yeah, singing with like two men behind them, weird songs about love, very with like Bubbles sort of behind of stuff. them, yeah. I am just a girl who reminded me of that kind of sound.
0: Okay, but the lyric.
1: Okay, but here's the thing. I think some of the lyrics get to that brilliant melancholia of Abba. Listen to this. Uh
0: huh.
1: Um, so the first verse is, I'm just a girl, one among the others, mm-hmm. nothing much to say. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple girl, not a special type in any way. That verse ends with this line. And this line I could think about for years. It's an evil world that has only made me a girl. What? It's an evil world that has only made me a girl. So is this a feminist statement where you're no, saying
0: like. I, th- I think no.
1: This world is so terrible that I cannot actually progress beyond girlhood.
0: Right. Maybe. Maybe. I, I could think I, about I that was, sentiment for days. I, I wanted so badly to find some irony or some some undercurrent of that in this, and I just couldn't wring it out. To me, that sounds kind of self-loathing. Like, it's a terrible world where I was just born a woman.
1: But I think here's the thing, right? So the second verse says, I'm just a girl, not the kind of woman men would like to meet. Just another girl no one ever looks at in the street. Those are depressing lyrics. right? And they're kind of about
0: the individual.
1: They remind me of how I felt in 2010. The worst year of my life. I'm so sorry. Hashtag worst year of my life.
0: That's pretty recent. Five years. Do
1: you feel better? Oh, yeah. Good. Thank God for therapy. But what I like about those lyrics is, is these very dark, upsetting lyrics. Yeah. But the arrangement is so light. Right, yes. Like, everything about that song is light. And the thing that I want to point out about this song is the vocals never get above, like, a light, light head voice ever. Right. It's very whispery. You never, no one belts. No one sings chest voice. It's all very light. And it reminds me a lot of a song by another Swedish singer called Tuva Styrka. Mm Mm-hmm. Called Ego, and it's a pop song. Her album Kiddo just came out this past June. And uh, the song's got this like great marimba line as like the musical background. And she sings in like normal verse level, and normal pop songs build up to this big, like big belting, huge moment. Mm -hmm. What happens when she gets to the chorus is she sings in this like breathy whisper.
0: Right. That's nice. And I
1: love it when. Uh, the type of vocal you provide does not match what you think is going to happen. So like, I love in this song that throughout the whole song, it's this like moment of sadness and vulnerability. She's like, no one looks at me. No one cares. I'm just this girl. This world will not allow me to be anything but this. But you loved me and that matters. And the whole thing is breathy. And the melody is super chromatic. It's like, I am just a girl. Not again, old woman. Right, see that? that it's just, like that part in a uh, Great Muppet Caper that I love, where they're at the um.
0: Don't don't wait, you speak the what's the, the name, name of the dinner club of of what's the dinner the club most holy Muppet Muppets Caper? in this um in the Great Muppet Caper? I don't remember the the club,
1: I forget. But and then you also have this like beautiful, very softly uh, produced horn section behind them. It's like yeah. Do, 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 do. like everything is so chromatic and it feels so unusual and careful and what i love about this song is like it just feels very fragile sure in a way that i think matches <clears throat> the production and i think I, it's I unusual hear you.
0: i hear you and i and i hear the it's interesting to hear that perspective and i see some of the good things about it but it's hard for me I hear that like those kind of that lilty melody and those kind of old timey sort of Lawrence Welkish things just serve to make it feel even more dated, dated and kind of stuck in a weird mindset. And there's and I think one of the only reasons I arrived at the conclusion I did was that the album is populated with moments of a man needs a woman and a woman needs a man, and there's a lot of this feeling of like men validate women and vice versa and oh sure and I feel like that's kind of present here and so it kind of I don't know it just felt disappointing to me from the group who gave us gimme 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 a man after midnight which is just about like I love how you think of that as a feminist (laughs) well I just think of it I just I just think of it like let's get out to the club and like get dirty and fucking get down you know but she's not she's a
1: woman like leaning out of her window being like someone come fuck me (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's fantastic that's a lot better than somebody come 2010 for yeah, me yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but i think you're i think you're right i, I would, think not, you're right I would I mean, not i would not say your i am I just a girl is a great abba song but i think it's a really good song right and in an album where you see like oh that trumpet line is like uh, a glimpse of what we'll see in the future. This vocal arrangement is a glimpse of what we'll see in the future. This is a song where I think it holds itself together really well, where you yeah. don't have to look at glimpses to sure. see the greatness.
0: Sure.
1: Let's. I I want to skip the B-sides. Oh, Santa Rosa and Merry-Go-Round suck. I think there's, I one, there's one more song on the album yeah, proper, rock which and roll is band. Rock and
0: Roll Band. Tell me what you thought about this. Not bad.
1: Yeah, it's good. Totally fine what I like too is it has the hint of melancholia where, uh, the chorus goes from major chord, minor chord, major chord, minor chord. Uh huh. And, um, I'm going to pull up the lyrics here, but I like, um, I like that in a song that's about like, Hey, let's just, let's just hang out and dance to this really cool band. It's like a very, uh, light and silly sentiment. Uh, There are these minor chords throughout the chorus which feel very uh, wistful. says let's go girl it's a beautiful place in this world come on baby let's dance to the rock and roll band so not only do they have do they switch to these minor chords at the end of the chorus right it doesn't move from minor to major which would feel triumphant it feels like you go from major to minor which feels like tragic in a way yeah uh they also have this like sliding electric guitar line saying
0: i love the guitar playing in the song yeah. So it feels so sad. It's, yes. Even though it's, well, and even a that lyric nice song, even that lyric has a hint of the dancing queen thing of like, let's have fun because it's not, the world is an imperfect, unpleasant place. Yeah. But we can go hear the music and dance. And
1: by the way, live Dancing life. Queen is the song that says you can dance, you can die, having the time of your life.
0: That's correct. Yeah. We we checked into that, and it is in fact it's true. You can- <laughs> Uh, Benny actually
1: called me on my cell phone last night. Really? I was like, oh, Benny, I'm sleeping. <laughs> and he was like, I just oh, have the to charges. tell you. I what? guess
0: he would be paying them. I was going to say the long distance charges.
1: Oh, you meant the charges on my phone. I was going to say I charge it before I go to bed. Oh, good, good. It's good. Yeah, so I will tell you, Ring Ring is... If Yeah, like you said before, if I heard Ring Ring if I was a teenager in the 70s, I would not be on the lookout for the next
0: album. No, no, especially... If if I think about, um, I mean, this wasn't released stateside, so it's kind of an irrelevant thing to discuss. But in nineteen seventy three, you're kind of but imagine
1: like, you're a South African.
0: Okay, I'm a South, but I think I think you're maybe a that, victim
1: or an oppressor of apartheid.
0: Right, and I I think maybe that is one of the reason that this reasons that this record was successful in certain places because it's if this is all you're getting. Or if this is one of a few things that's coming through to you, it sounds maybe kind of exciting and fresh. (laughs) But if I were an American teenager in 1973, and I'm kind of distanced from the 60s and the free love thing, and that's kind of dying, this album holds no relevance for me at all. Yeah. I would hear Ring Ring, and I would get stoked. Yeah. And then I would buy the record, and I would be so bummed out.
1: By everything else. Right. And I'm when and think. then
0: I'll, I would wait for the Bay City Rollers to come along and fulfill the promise of this. Tr- Through two this first singles, track.
1: the Bay City Rollers had like two great songs. <laughs> yeah, they did, that was it.
0: but they're great. I I would like at the end of all of this to rank the Abba albums. Okay, last. <laughs> I I can't imagine that anything is going to trump this for last place. If, if I had to
1: rate this on Spin dot com right. slash music slash Abba, so
0: so if uh, yeah yeah oh god I. I mean, I I love Ring Ring enough that it would get five. If five is average, yeah. Ten is stellar. One is, you know, uh, sublime. Yeah. The band.
1: Um, <laughs> I would say one is sublime.
0: I would give this album probably like a three or a four. <laughs> I would give Ring Ring the it's song a nine. That's
1: Oh yeah, sure. I would give it a five. I feel like this is all the I mean, album, maybe four, right? Four point five backslash ten. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean,
0: That's
1: I have if listened you worked for to Pitchfork.
0: To all... It would be a four point three.
1: No, if you worked for Pitchfork, you would give it a zero, and you'd have uh a monkey throwing poop at a window, <laughs> and it would be your review of the second Jet album. I do. I do
0: like that they did that. Even yeah, I can't imagine that it's that bad. Didn't
1: they also give, I think they gave Liz Fair's like, pop rock comeback in the early 2000s. Didn't they give it, like, a 0.0, 0 out of 10? <laughs> That's, actually I mean, turned sorry. down by the idea of like, Liz Fair naked, hidden behind an electric guitar.
0: No, I, Exile in Guyville is so, so great, but so is that Why Can't I Breathe song. Yeah. That's a great song. It's a great song. I don't know that album, but that song Enough is better than a zero. Also, I mean, Exile and Guyville and Whip Smart, I think, are
1: really, really good. They're not much better than White Chocolate Space Egg oh, I don't or know the other ones. White Chocolate Space Egg is the one with... You hear that? Um,
0: yeah. <clears throat> Zach, can you get off your
1: motorcycle? I'm doing sorry, a i just, podcast.
0: just hopping on my hog because we're getting ready to sign off. <laughs> this is... Dead they last.
1: Definitely start poorly. Yeah. And they get back. I mean, I know how the vi- I know how it ends with their last three albums because yeah. I listened to them pretty well. And we know because a lot of their popular songs became uh happened out of their mid and late
0: career. I mean, but- I, j- I just looked at the track list for Voulez Vu and that record is stellar. I can't wait. So listen Ugly if, cover, if but holy shit. If you're shit. not an ABA fan or If you're ambivalent or if you actively dislike ABBA, stay with us. Stay with because us. Because, yes, this Lay record is kind of a turd. But it's going to get more interesting, and we're going to lead you there. And I hope that we can bring you into ABBA fandom. I, yeah, I trust eventually. that we can.
1: Yeah, let's – part of – I hate music fans who are like, oh, everything they did was brilliant. That's not true. This no, it's not. Next week, we're going to get at what made ABBA huge. Zach, what was it?
0: Well, it's the single Waterloo and its association with the Eurovision Song Contest. I am very, very excited to talk about Eurovision. If you're unfamiliar, it's one of the weirdest things that occurs in the world every year. I can't wait to talk about it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. One thing that didn't come up in our podcast, which comes up with Eurovision and definitely comes up in ABBA's music, is the idea of Schlager. Right. Which is a European term for like a certain kind of pop music. And I don't necessarily understand it. But mm-hmm. Waterloo is Schlager as far as I understand. Uh-huh. Which is not a sexy word for a kind of beer.
0: Goldschlager.
1: Goldschlager. What is Goldschlager?
0: That's that alcohol that has a little flecks of gold <laughs> in it. So that it cuts your throat. And you die. As it goes down and you die. It's like when you
1: go to Japan. They're like, Do you want to eat this puffer fish? You might die. If you really like us, you can follow us on Twitter at VuleVuCast. You can also go to our website, VulivuCast.com, which I guarantee the links uh the link to the NPR story which brought Zach and I together in matrimony. We're married. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sotomayor. Um we'll have a link to that story on our Tumblr. Also, you can hashtag us at octavework. And what was the other hashtag
0: us at OctaveWork. Hashtag, we're so media savvy. Hashtag us at, at, at <laughs> Nina pretty Ballerina. Uh, this podcast was produced by Kate Neely, as all future episodes will be, presumably. Presumably, <laughs> unless she Except quits. Ninety years from now.
1: Kate Kate's she's moving into my building, 90. so she has to stick around now. Yeah, exactly. She can't um, quit. If you want to follow Zach, you're on Twitter at.
0: I'm at Zach Jones Music. Z A C H, Jones Music. <laughs>
1: Steve, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as well at ThereIsThunder, a Kate Bush re- reference because I'm a moody gay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for our said. second episode of Voulez-Vous, and until next time, this is this is Zach and this is Steve and this is
0: Voulez-Vous. Thank you for the music, the songs we're singing. Bye. Can't I whenever, whenever I think about you. about you why can't I speak whenever, whenever I, I speak talk about you? About you it's never gonna, double, double, we're gonna double, get right poo. down to it. So why can't, can't I, I Steve whenever, whenever I, I think about, about Zack?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.